You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. T.J. Watt of the Steelers joining us a little bit later on. Also, the Rams radio analyst, Maurice Jones-Drew, former NFL running back, will join us as well. Phone calls, always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle, at DP Show. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Front row joining me here in the man cave. Fritzy still joining us via Zoom. And it looks like you've got a Cowboys Stadium issue with the lighting there at home. Do you have some sunlight there on you, Todd? I, I do. I have I have a mirror, a window here with no um, no uh, curtains, I guess would be the word I'm looking for. And I tried to stack a bunch of books and put some things up. But hopefully in the next few minutes, the sun will move out of the way and not cause this little partial glare. Did Jerry Jones design your house? Is that He what may you... have. <laughs> yes. He may have. That, that corner there, the sun's just taking a little bit longer to get out of the upper right crest of that window. Yes, Paul. I like that. It, first of all, it's the sun's fault. And secondly, Todd will wet, rather wait out the sun than put up some type of blanket or sheet. <laughs> Uh, we miss you. I miss you too. Missed Meat Friday. It's not. Uh, it's not fun. It's much. Uh, much more enjoyable being with you guys in there. But you have a limerick today. I do have a limerick. Yeah, yeah Tuesday. Why don't we start? Why don't we start people's Tuesday off on a great note? How about it? We can do that. Okay, I think we should. Here we go. This Here. is off the Rams Cardinals game last oh, night. Oh, okay. How's this? Is this better? Is this a better shot? I'm moving around. Okay, 21 nothing was the halftime score. Kyler and the Cardinals' effort was poor. The Rams went all in. Stafford's first playoff win. Bird seed scattered across SoFi's floor. All right. It starts us off. So let's, go. let's get it going. Yeah. All let's right. Go. Let's go. Uh, last night, the Rams dominated the Cardinals. Rams' offense looked really good. Defense made life really uncomfortable for Kyler Murray. And the Rams are a talented group. When you watch them play last night, that's when you remind yourself, oh, that's right, that's how they should be playing. Where you have a elite quarterback, you got a pretty good running game, you got a couple of really good wide receivers, you got the best defensive lineman in the game, you got the best defensive back in the game, and you got a edge rusher who's going to go to the Hall of Fame in Von Miller. But Matthew Stafford threw for just six touchdowns and seven interceptions over his final three games. And we started to wonder, what are we going to get with Matthew Stafford? Now, there's a difference between big numbers and good numbers. Stafford had good numbers last night. Not big numbers, good numbers. He showed up when it mattered most. But this really feels like the offensive philosophy the Rams should have. A lot of time, what happens is you get caught up in, we want to be dynamic. We want to be offensive geniuses. Sean McVay, he's innovative. Then you want to get out there and start throwing the football. Well, I go back to Brian Billick. Brian Billick was with the Ravens. And he had, of course, one of the great defenses of all time. We had an average quarterback, but he's an offensive-minded guy. He was an offensive genius. Well, he didn't get credit. It's really the Ravens' defense got all the credit, and rightfully so. You didn't really need much offense. In fact, uh, I think Ray Lewis once said, "Give us, just give us 10 points on offense, we'll win the game. But the Rams' defense with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, they made some plays. And now you turn your attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
The Bucs have already lost to L.A. once this year. They may not have an answer for Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham. I don't think they're going to have an answer for Aaron Donald, but then who does? And then the Buccaneers could be without their Pro Bowl tackle, Tristan Wirfs. And if that's the case, advantage Rams. But uh, you don't want to bet against Tom Brady. The Rams, if they play the way they did last night in Tampa, uh, they're going to be a tough out. Absolutely. Uh, we'll come up with a poll question. I think Paulie's doing the honors today. Yeah, I got a fritzy one from this morning. Okay. Do you have a lesser opinion of Kyler Murray after last night's game? Yes or no? Mm. How could you not? Uh, or is it, do you say like, well, one playoff game does not erase a pretty good start to a career? Well, I, I have concerns about Cliff Kingsbury. I have more concerns about Cliff Kingsbury than I do Kyler Murray. Now, keep in mind, I can find articles from two months ago where Cliff Kingsbury, coach of the year, question mark. Oh, he's flirting with Oklahoma. You better lock him up. And I went, he's not going to Oklahoma. He wants to get a pay raise. And his teams historically are horrible to end the season. From the Action Network, the following. In Texas Tech, his career there as a head coach. In 2013, they lost five of the last six games they played. In 2014, lost four of the last six. In 2015, lost four of the last six. In 2016, lost six of the last eight games. In 2017, six of the last eight games. In 2018, lost five of the last five games. With the Cardinals in 2019, lost seven of the last nine games. 2020, lost five of the last seven games. And then this year, lost five of the last six. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? what stat of the day. Top. Other than that, Cardinals season was really good. You know, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, that's big. Everybody dealt with injuries. You know, the, the Titans had more players on their roster playing a game this year due to injury and COVID than any team in NFL history. And they have the number one seed. Tampa's had injuries. They lost Chris Godwin. Now, Antonio Brown went AWOL. Like, every team has this. You lose a star player, a good player. Now what do you do? Arizona didn't adjust. It's tough replacing DeAndre Hopkins. He's an A-plus wide receiver. But you got to find other ways to win. And it feels like the NFL figures out the Cardinals later in the season. And then that was part of the problem where I'm watching this team and I just, I'm curious, okay, now what do you do? I mean, Kyler Murray didn't, wasn't even a threat. It's six yards. Rams rushed for over 140. But you look at Arizona, okay, got some defensive players there. You have to adjust. When you're not playing your best, can you win a game? And you see this every single year in the playoffs. There will be a team that will advance and not play a great game. But last night, the Rams were the better team. Now they move on. Started out Buccaneers favored by two and a half. And then it went up to three. I think that's where it is right now. This program brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio with opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, new online tool connecting investors with innovative projects on the island available now. Impeller. 
your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash impeller. All right, so the Kyler Murray poll question. I have a couple more for you to peruse. All right. When Monday Night Football becomes a blowout, yeah, it's playoffs or other, you switch over to Peyton and Eli. You're already on Peyton and Eli. You keep it on the regular broadcast with uh, Greasy and those guys. Or you tune the game out altogether. Mm. Um, and then here's one more. This is mine. Yeah. Which team this weekend felt the least playoff-ish? Like, like how does that team in the playoffs? Raiders, Patriots, Eagles, Cowboys, Steelers, Cardinals. Which team felt the least playoff-ish? I would say the Cardinals. The Steelers had some star power. You still have Ben there, and you have T.J. Watt. Um, the Eagles didn't. Hmm. I would go Eagles, Cardinals, Steelers. Only because you had Ben in the swan song, and you have T.J. Watt. Yes, yeah, you got to put the Patriots up there. Somewhere they got humiliated. Well, no, but are you talking about before, like the end result? Well, like which team, when you look at the the performance they put up this weekend, said, how the heck did they get in the playoffs? Well, I thought I still thought that the Patriots were a good team, thought they'd be a playoff team. They didn't look like a playoff team, but Eagles didn't look like a playoff team. Steelers <laughs> didn't look like a playoff team. You know, the Cowboys put up a good fight. I wouldn't put the Cowboys on that list. Yes, he that's why when you look at the the remaining teams, you've really kind of weeded through like the haves and the have-nots. Like pretty much every team that's remained is going to sound so stupid, but it's pretty incredible. Well, I, it, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, McLovin. Yeah, thank you. Sometimes the words are starting to formulate in your head. You're like, this is going to sound so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I do that numerous times every morning. Yeah. It feels like you got these heavyweights and then you have the Bengals against the Titans. And even though the Bengals are really exciting to watch, it doesn't feel like that has that heavyweight showdown. Like, wow, that's going to be un- unbelievable. The Packers 49ers, you're like, heck yeah. That's going to be a knockdown drag out. The Rams against the Buccaneers, the Bills against the Chiefs. And then you go, Titans, Bengals. Titans, Bengals. <laughs> Even though the Titans have the number one seed and you get Derrick Henry back. Yeah, Paul. I love the Titans team. I love them at home. I don't I don't like their court. I don't love their quarterback in any way. I he's a nice quarterback. He doesn't feel like a t- uh, Tannehill. Doesn't doesn't he not feel like you can't picture him in a Super Bowl. I could picture Joe Burrow in a Super Bowl this year more than I can Tannehill. And that's not an offense of the Titans. It's just Tannehill doesn't seem like that threatening. Of course he'll throw for three hundred this week. Well, I don't know. If He's never been a numbers guy. It's just, can you be good enough to compliment Derrick Henry and that defense? But I don't even know how much Derrick Henry is going to play. I think that's really the key is how much can you load him up and say, all right, now go out there and try to win. You know, the Bengals are really banged up on the defensive side of the ball, defensive front. And if you have Derrick Henry, that's a big advantage there, obviously. All right. Uh, any other poll questions there, Paulie? We think need- that's it for now. No. Okay. By the way, Bengal fans, go to danpatrick.com. We uh, have a new T-shirt there to uh, honor you. Yes, you. Did you, we uh, had some fun with the copy there. <laughs> mm. I didn't even read the copy. I, I, I know that you are responsible. We for just this. threw up a new shirt on the site. Yeah. Perfect for guys and Bengals. Mm. No? All your friends will want to burrow it. Yeah. 
Uh, don't chase your tail. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't read the copy. I, we were trying to move some product here, Seton. <laughs> that doesn't make you go, man, I'm curious. I'm going to the website right now. Unlike that chili place, there's only one way to buy this shirt. Uh, DanPatrick.com. Let us know what you, uh, you, you think about uh, let's see. Sean in uh, California leads us off early. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind? Hey, DP. Uh, it is pitch black here in Sacramento. I'm on a morning walk and a uh, longtime Cardinals fan. I need you to answer a question for me about Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I just don't know if he's the right fit to get the Cardinals to the next level. It seems like Kyler... You know, while brilliant in some of the things that he does, you know, under pressure down the stretch kind of falls apart, as does Cliff. If you look at his time at Texas Tech and through the Cardinals, back half of the season, um, he just can't get the job done. So, honest opinion from you to talk me off the ledge, um, (sighs) is Cliff going to be the answer going forward for the Cardinals? Thanks. Well, I can't can't say he's going to be the answer when I didn't think he was the answer to begin with. Now, he looks like the guy who would play a coach in a movie. (laughs) But I just, I'm not sold on him. He wasn't a a winning coach in college. And then you get the job in the NFL because your relationship with Kyler Murray. USC was going to have him run their offense. They they signed him. He was there for a couple of days. But it feels like he's more of a coordinator than he is a head coach. But, you know, I didn't think they had enough uh, weapons. I didn't think they could score enough points against the Rams last night. Said that yesterday on the show. And they don't. They don't have a threatening offense there. You know, Kyler Murray has got to... If you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, then you have to really rely on Kyler Murray to use his legs to beat you. But the Rams were great last night. I mean, give them credit. You push up the middle, they did a great job. And I think that it's easy to criticize we sometimes forget to compliment. And the Rams did what you want a really good team, a Super Bowl caliber team to do. My problem with the Rams, the same as the Cowboys, are they consistent enough? Can you do it two weeks in a row? Can you do it three weeks in a row? Can you win a game that maybe you're not supposed to? That's what I want to know. But if you beat Tampa, now all of a sudden you're going to get everybody's attention. But can you win Can you win a game where Stafford doesn't play well or the defense gives up a lot of points? That that happens. It's rare when a team just goes right through the playoffs. Dominic's, you know, no question whatsoever. You usually have one game that sort of hangs in the balance. All right, we'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up. But no, uh, Cardinal fans, I can't talk you down from the ledge because I wouldn't have let you get up to the ledge to begin with. All right, uh, we'll take a break here. Phone calls, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Let me bring in Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL Network Analyst. He also uh, does the Rams Radio Color Analyst as as well. You can follow him, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, on Twitter, at MJD. 
How are you doing this morning? Um, I'm doing I'm doing great actually. I finally got a chance to uh, get a chance to call in and talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, I, and uh, I appreciate you getting up early after the game last night. What were your expectations last night? Um, you know, I, I think there there were there were two times that uh, obviously this year the Rams split with the the Cardinals. So you saw early in the year where the Cardinals were hot and defensively did a great job of uh, you know forcing Stafford off his spot and then. You know, obviously getting interceptions, and then on their side of the ball that's early in the year, Kyler Murray kind of took over the game, utilizing his legs, running. And then there was a second time where the Rams kind of dominated from start to finish. And so, was a little concerned when you saw JJ Watt coming back, and you know, um, defensively they they've done a really good job. Vance Joseph's done a really good job of getting those guys in position to make plays, but. If you watch the Cardinals down the stretch, they they struggled the last five games. So, expectation was if the Rams started fast, you know, you probably could jump on them and, you know, um, get them uh, kind of get them out and have a little doubt set in their mind there. And that's what they did. It, it really started from the Rams' defense, whose secondary was banged up. You're starting uh, some guys that are uh, Terrell Burgess, Nick Scott. Those are core special teams guys who ended up starting at safety for the Rams. And kudos to Raheem Morris for getting those guys prepared and. And, and Eric Weddle coming in after retirement, you know, to be honest with you, um, I, I told Sean McVay uh, after the game, well, I, I kind of like joked around, but I was a little serious that if you guys keep getting retired guys, like, let me just let me know so I can get in shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to go too far. I'm right here calling the games for you. I know the offense. I've, I've been watching. Um, but, no, look, credit to those coaches and players for stepping up in a, in a huge game and, and playing really well to get that first three and out and then get the ball and get some big explosive plays and then kind of start playing field position and and go down and and take the game over was huge. How important is the running game for the Rams? Oh, it's it's underrated, I think, because when you see Matthew Stafford and Odell and Cooper Cup and those guys, like you're like, oh, they got to throw the ball. But you have to understand that offensive line needs to go forward and they need to be able to lean on guys. They're, They're a bigger group. Um, they love the zone scheme, and, and what, what it does is it allows that, that defense to kind of play on its heels a little bit with the play-action pass. And so with the, the addition of Cam Akers, and, you know, and like I said, I said this last night, no, no disrespect to Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson. They did a really good job this year, but Cam Akers comes in, it looks different. Yeah. And if you watch that game, the Rams just look different with Cam Akers there with his explosiveness, his elusiveness, uh, and then the way he finishes his runs. Like he finishes like Sonny Michelle. Um, and so when you got two guys that are going to run downhill and break tackles and run through guys, uh, it kind of it takes its toll on a defense, as you saw last night. Um, I'd also like to say this. I hope Buda Baker is okay. That was a big collision there. Um, and there were a couple of them in that game. Um, and, you know, you saw the Rams running backs fall forward. And so when you can run the ball the way the Rams did and you could utilize the play-action pass, Matthew Stafford had a clean pocket pretty much all night. And so – and let's not forget that they have, you know, uh, two premier pass rushers, possibly three of Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones, and J.J. Watt there rushing the quarterback. And I don't think Stafford got touched all night. So um, that, 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 that tells you how important that running game is. How does the, this Rams team match up with the Buccaneers? Um, I think they match up well. Uh, I haven't really yeah, – I watched the Bucs last game. And before I like to call games, I try to go a couple games back just to see how they're playing. Um, I know obviously they're they're they had a, they have a lot of injuries going on there. Um, obviously the Antonio Brown situation, but 
you know, they still have Gronkowski. You still have the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and Tom Brady. You still have Mike Evans offensively. Uh, supposedly, we'll see if they get Leonard Fournette back. Um, but I, I think they match up well defensively for the Rams. They do a really good job of stopping the run. They have a guy that can lock up with Mike Evans. You're going to have to figure out a way how you're going to stop Gronkowski. And then offensively, you know you, you know what the task is. And I think Todd Bowles and, and has done a great job. I think that um, you know they're going to come out and kind of play. Man, I was just listening to what you were saying about the Eagles not being the, 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 or the least ready team for the playoffs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you got to get off press, man, in the playoffs, right? People are going to be simple. They want to play fast. And, and if you're playing the Buccaneers, they're going to get in your face and try to beat you up a little bit. Um, and you have to be able to protect. And so it's going to be a big part of, of the Rams getting that running game going and being able to protect so that you can get these receivers um, out in space and, and try to make some plays. So it's, I think it's a good matchup for the Rams. Um, but you got to go to Tampa, and that's always tough to do to fly east to west and or west to east, excuse me, and, and get out there and play, play a game in, in a different environment and climate. Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL Network analyst and uh, works for the Rams radio color analyst and former NFL running back. You could start your team with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller in his prime. All of them in their prime. What do you want me to do, pick one? Yep. Oh, no, there's no way. Why? How, how, how can I pick one? In their prime, they're all dominant in their prime. You, you give me, you pick one, and I'll, I'll start a team with them. Okay, how about this? Give, give me how, give me what the Rams have now, right? You see Von Miller show up big in the game. Aaron Donald shows up big. Jalen Ramsey's covering guys, making plays. It's tough to. It's, I, I don't think you can lose with that in their prime, right? Yeah, but I'm asking Von you. Miller, you're going to start oh, your team. It's a fantasy draft. It's tough, man. I I would have to, you know, I'd have to say Aaron Donald then. I think interior pressure is the hardest thing for a quarterback to deal with. Now, you can double team him, yes, but still the guy dominates and changes games. We've seen double teams and triple teams, um, and, you know, it happens. Von Miller, great job off the edge uh, when he was in his prime, but a quarterback can kind of step up if you don't have that, that pocket uh that pocket being pushed back to him. And then if you have Jalen Ramsey, yeah, he shuts down half of the field, but if the quarterback has five or six seconds to throw, it kind of takes that away from him. So I think they, they all work together. But if I was going to pick one, it'd be Aaron Donald. Yeah, with it that's the right – Aaron Donald's the right call. Yeah. yeah you did all right there. Trying to put me on the spot, man. You can't, you can't do that. You know, that's, that's my job, man. I got to talk to those guys. I if never, they hear this, I, you know, I'm going to have to answer to it. I never knew you to be afraid. Oh, never. It's not about being afraid. It's just, you know, I just don't like to, I don't like, you know, back in the day when I was much younger, I loved confrontation. Now I'm, I'm as I get older and more wise, it's more about just enjoying the peace, oh, peace of mind. Okay. All right. If I said J.J. I mean, Watt or Aaron Donald in their prime. Oh, I'm going to take Aaron Donald all day. I played J.J. Watt in his prime. And how was that? He played for the he played for the Texans. He was a monster, but he played for the Texans, so I can't get them no respect. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Did you ever talk to anybody on defense? All the time. Talk to them all the time. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? You know, I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a quick story about J.J. Watt. We played him, I don't forget what year it was, but one time we played him in Houston. I swear, it was like, we've tried to block him with seven people and he still got to the quarterback. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, like, come on, bro. This is too much. Like, 
there's no way. There's no way this guy is just dominating all of us, right? Um, and so we tried to block him with eight, and that didn't work either. So we just figured we'll just do one-on-one and take our chances with my guy Blaine Gary back there. He's got to scramble and get the ball out. <laughs> uh, Blaine Gabbard is your quarterback. And I get to see Blaine this week. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Look at the football life, man. I get to see my guy Blaine this week. Got him a Super Bowl. You know, I'm excited. Get to learn behind Tom Brady. You know, he gets to compete there in Tampa. I love it. I'm all, I, this is what football is all about. It's about competing and still seeing the guys that you went to, to battle with every day. Hanging out. Can't wait to take a picture with him and just say hello. I've, I missed him. How much of a, a factor can Derrick Henry be coming back from what he came back from and then you dive right into a playoff game? Oh, I, I mean, listen, it, I've always told people this about Derrick Henry. They always say, like, rate running backs. And they'll be like, why don't you ever talk about Derrick Henry? I was like, he's not a running back. He's a unicorn. <laughs> You'll never see that again. You'll never see anyone 6'3", 250 pounds, that big, that fast, running the football. So, it's late. It's still late in the year, and, and he's had a couple weeks of practice, which he should be good to go. He may have a little rust early in the game. But this is the thing. If the Cincinnati Bengals don't stop his feet early, if you don't get him to, like, stutter his steps uh, within the first couple yards of the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a long day because he's just going to run downhill. That's all he's going to do is just keep running downhill, and by the time the game's over, he'll break a, a long one. Um, I know his foot injury is a tough one, but – you know, with, with the way, you know, technology is and surgeries and guys, we saw Cam Akers just came back from Achilles in like six months. Like, I, he'll be fine. And, and to me, he's going to be a handful in the playoffs. He, he's going to be a handful. Not only he's going to be a handful, A.J. Brown will be a handful, and Julio is going to show up as well in a timely situation, I guarantee it. Because they don't, they don't need Julio, but he gives them that, like, you go on single, you're just going to cover Julio one-on-one. Okay. Well, he's going to get a jump ball here. So uh, the addition of Derrick Henry in that running game uh, is going to be something that teams are going to have to deal with, and Cincinnati's first up with it. Will Tom Brady know your name if he sees you? Come on. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? You don't think me and Tom – me and Tom, we're from the same area. We've talked. Okay. Tom knows me. Okay. I just – I you know, like, just, I'm just curious. No, man. See now, you know, see you, 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 act as if I just, you know, I just call games on on radio for the Rams, and then I, I, I work for the NFL Network as if I, we weren't peers. You know, <laughs> there was one time. There's a story. One time I was working at the NFL. They were playing the Giants, and Tom looked me in my eyes, and he said, "Maurice, how have you been?" And I looked at Tom like, "Hey, man, how you been?" And you want to hear a funny story about it? You know, like you want to know why Tom knows me more than anything? Tom's uncle, Chris was my principal in high school. So Tom really knows me, – me and Tom are kind of like that. You know, we're we're kind of close, closer than you would think. No. Uh, you, you know, know my, we got family ties. My apologies. Okay. My, I'm just trying to make sure you know. That's what And then all the football stuff, he's going to know me regardless. But we got family ties. Yeah. It's different. By the way, what, what size is your neck? I don't know, man. I'm trying to lose it, though. I think it was – at one point it was like an 18 and a half, 19. So I'm trying to get, you know, to regular size. What's a regular neck? What size is a regular neck? Uh, probably 15, 16. Okay, so I'm going to try to get down there. I'm going to try to get, you know, I may want, I may even get skinnier than that. I may try to go to like a 12. How, 15, do, you, how do you lose weight in your neck? Uh, well, I think it's, you know, what you eat and doing a lot of neck exercises, possibly. 
I, you know, I think you well, go from from traps to ears. You don't really have a neck. Yeah, I was, I, and I tell people this. I was bred for football. You know, some people are bred for other things. Your boy, I was built. I was created in a lab, <laughs> in my mother's lab, to play football. What's your okay. official height and weight? Uh, like right now, or like when I played? Playing weight. Playing weight. Oh, oh, I was like five seven, two oh eight. Between 208 and 215. Oh, you seem to play bigger than that. Uh, again, like Derrick Henry, I was a unicorn. You know, <laughs> you can't just put the average running backs. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to be a unicorn in the game. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, you know, I, I hope you and Tom get to uh, renew old acquaintances there. And uh, always great to hear from you. Uh, always good to hear from you as well. I appreciate it. And hey, go Rams. Thank you. That's Mojo, Maurice Jones-Drew. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever Get your podcast from. He's TJ Watt, odds on favorite for the defensive player of the year. Joining us on the program. Is it is it Trent Jordan Watt? That's correct. Okay. Who calls you Trent? Uh my fiance, uh, both of my brothers, really close friends, and obviously my mom and dad as well. So select few. All right, it's JJ, it's TJ, but then your brother goes by just Derek. Why isn't he DJ? I think that was because uh, DJ Tanner in Full House was a girl, and he didn't like the he didn't like the <laughs> DJ. And it, ever since he was young, he just always said, "Don't call me DJ." So we all just kind of took it as a threat, and nobody calls him DJ anymore. <laughs> uh, when's when's the first time you beat up JJ? Um, I don't know if that's uh, ever happened. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Derek and I have definitely tried to gang up on him a, a couple times, but uh, <laughs> I, it's usually a, it's usually an attack, a, a flurry of punches, and then a run up the stairs, and then he grabs you by the ankle and then gives you a couple dead legs is how that ends. Okay, wait. So you and your brother tag-teamed and you still couldn't take JJ? I mean, like I said, it was never uh, – he was so much older, so we never really had true altercations with him. But when we would, like, mess around with him, You'd like punch him and then go to run up the stairs and realize how strong and how much bigger he was. He just grabbed you by the ankle and gave you a couple dead legs and you do not have to do it again. But is it like the Gronkowski's? Was it just chaos in the house where you guys were breaking stuff all over the place? I mean, a little bit. We were always doing something. Um, we lived in a cul-de-sac growing up, so we were uh, always playing roller hockey. We had the mini hockey nets in the basement. We were in the backyard. We had connected to the three backyards as football fields, and uh, everybody was always over at our house. So uh, it was definitely an active household. Best athlete in the family is who? Oh, me. Oh. Easily. Because? 
I just feel like, I mean, I have the, the state and, and the school record in shot put and discus. I, I mean, we all competed in that. So that's another uh, one we can, we can look towards. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, Derek was by far the best high school football player I've ever seen. Um, JDR could be the best NFL football player I've ever seen. And um, I think we all kind of have things that we're really good at. Um, but when we get in the weight room, I think when it comes to pure athleticism, in the off season, um, I feel like I hold my own very well against those two. Did you want to play in the NHL more than the NFL? Oh, when we were younger for sure. We we grew up uh, watching hockey, playing hockey from three years old, and um, always watching um, JJ and Derek play hockey. Always made me want to do it, and that's for sure. That was for sure the ultimate dream when we were when we were younger. What still hurts from the season? That it's over. I mean, no um, body wise. <laughs> body wise i mean I, i'm actually in good shape right now um i had the rib towards the back end of the season uh it was super painful for a couple weeks there but um it actually feels a lot better today and that's kind of what makes it actually more painful that we're not still going because i still feel pretty good when did ben tell you that he was retiring never i mean I, that was just all through media um it was never a conversation that we had um, never addressed the team. And uh, I just don't think he wanted to be a distraction or like a, a farewell tour type of thing. And um, I, I think he handled it well. And um, yeah, we n- never really had a full conversation about it. But he is retiring, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know that answer still to this day. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a little open-ended, um, but who knows? Have you hit him in practice before? No, I mean, I like I remember my rookie year, I bull rushed the tackle, and Ben, like, the tackle stepped on Ben's ankle, and he went down, and it was, like, the most, the quietest, like, <laughs> 20 seconds of my life, and everyone's just looking at me, and I didn't realize the magnitude of it all, but uh, it was probably, like, last year, he went down again, and I was like, man, that rookie is in big trouble. Wouldn't you like to have played for another team just so you could have a shot at Ben? It would have been tough to tackle him, man. You, you got to, I mean, if you go high, he can just shiver you off. If you go low, he can high step out of it. So um, they always say when you go against big quarterbacks like that, you have to tackle the football. So you don't have a list there. There's no quarterback that uh, I think that <laughs> you almost lost your computer there. What the hell is happening here? Uh, is there a quarterback? No, I, I don't. Is there a quarterback you haven't sacked yet? I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of them. It's not one of those things where I, think about uh, going into a game. I need to sack this quarterback. I need to do this. I need to do that. This is the quarterback I'm looking forward to hitting. Um, it's more about just trying to wreck games and um, provide as much splash as we call it here in Pittsburgh, just uh, game-changing plays to help uh, my team win football games. Because all that other stuff is kind of just a waste of time to think about, oh, I need to sack this guy because then it takes away from the actual impact on the game. Uh, how important is winning defensive player of the year? Uh, it's secondary. I mean, it's a nice award to get. Uh, I hate that it's an individual award uh, just because there's so much that goes into it. Like I said, just even the individual sack record is, I mean, so much has to happen. Um, a good amount of those have to be just quarterbacks uh, taking coverage sacks with guys in the back end, guys picking for me. And um, so many things have to fall into place for things like those to happen. So um, it's definitely a nice award to receive, but it's not an individual award for sure. When did you find out you didn't have the sack record? Um, halftime, I thought I had to. Um, but then I checked my phone because our D-line coach is like, they're giving it to you. They're giving it to you. You have, you have it. 
And then a couple other guys like, no, you're not. So I checked my phone at halftime, which I never do. Um, and then JJ and my brothers, the group chat was like, they only give you one, man. You got to go get another one. <laughs> and uh, tried like hell to get another one in the second half. And uh, they were running the ball a whole bunch. So it wasn't, wasn't uh, in the cards. Uh, I love that you and your brother were breaking down each other's, like you were saying you're the quickest off the ball and you guys are kind of going back and forth. Like how much competition is there between you two professionally? Not a ton. I mean, not like outspokenly, I guess, but like, I mean, we just, we want to see each other succeed. And I think that falls for Derek too. It's just, it's more of being a helping hand than anything else. And I always like start, like if he's ever going to give me a tip, he's like, and don't take this the wrong way. You know, like, <laughs> if I give him a tip, I'm like, I'm not trying to be that guy, but you could try this. And he's like, Hey oh, guy, like I love that. I've been in the league a while too. You know, it's, it's one of those things where like we both are kind of set in our ways of how we like to do things, but we still are open to a certain um, criticisms from each other. We're talking to uh, TJ Watt, who uh, joins us on the program. Uh, how would you describe facing uh, Patrick Mahomes? Uh, tough, man. It's a tough day at the office. I think he does a great job of um, getting the ball to all of his playmakers. I mean, there's so many playmakers over there. Uh, he's he's so elusive in the pocket. He knows where he can set deep in the pocket and step up. He, I mean, when he escapes, he can still throw the ball down the field or he he can run it. So it's it's definitely a full-day job. There's, it's a tough task. Who frustrates you the most of all the quarterbacks? Uh, that's a good question because, I mean – I think there's nothing more frustrating than a quarterback that gets the ball out in two seconds every single time because you're not even given the chance there. Um, so I'd say the quarterbacks that get it out super quick um, frustrate me the most. Did you keep the football from your scoop and score? Yes, I did. I don't know if it'll make uh, the the ultimate spotlight because we lost the game. So, I mean, it'll probably just go for a ball to throw around the backyard or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your trophy case look like? I just I keep a bunch of balls. I don't have a trophy case. I don't I don't know. And maybe in a couple of years when I'm done playing, I'll have a trophy case. But no sense in having a trophy case right now. You care who wins the Super Bowl this year? Uh, no, I mean Cardinals are out. That was the last hope to see my brother be able to play. And uh, when they lost last night, sadly, it's no, it doesn't really matter anymore. Were you a Packers fan growing up? Yes. Yeah, I was a Green Bay fan growing up. My grandpa was actually a huge Packer fan. He was the one that was always yelling at the TV. So I have those memories to hold on to. And uh, was a Packers fan all the way until probably JJ um, got to the Texans and switched to hardcore Texan fan from there on. Well, congrats on the season and uh, good luck with Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. 